everyone, welcome back to the podcast and Divs, and I'm joined by my lovely co-host Cassidy as always. And today we are diving back into uh, Disney slash Pixar, and we'll be discussing one of their best movies to date, The Incredibles. And I think uh, for a lot of reasons, this movie is unique for Disney and Pixar, because I think this was their first foray into or only foray into superhero movies. And I think they did a fantastic job with it. And we'll discuss as to why. So Cass, let's talk, uh, let's get started because so much, uh, so many cool things about this movie. When did this come out? 2001 or 2003, if I'm not wrong. Correct me if I'm 2004. wrong. 2004. Really? I could be wrong too. I, either way, it was like early 2000s. Mm-hmm. So um, it's been a minute. Yeah, it's been <laughs> but- a minute. I think we say this all the time, but of course, if you haven't seen this or if you're not familiar with the content, mm-hmm. spoiler warning because we're getting into everything. But yes, yeah, we are. It's, it's an old ish movie in the sense mm-hmm. it came out. I, I feel like it's 20th anniversary, it's going to come up sometime soon. Mm. Um, it's, it's early 2000s, but the story is so good. And like you said, I think it still holds up as one of the best Pixar mm-hmm. movies because at the time, um, there weren't very many movies like it, if I remember correctly. No, oh, you're right. Not mm-hmm. a ton of movies where, like, the main focus is really on, I don't want to say, like, a middle-aged, but, like, an older set of characters. Mm. Like, Bob and Helen have a family. Yeah. They have kids. And, like, they're as much a part of the cast as their kids are. But despite being, like, a movie that's geared towards kids, they still have characters that are probably much older probably closer to the parents age than the kids age so I thought that was really interesting I don't know to date I don't think there's very many movies that Pixar has put out where the characters are older yeah so I get what you mean for sure where the parents were the focus as much as the kids if not more so Uh that was really interesting and I think you appreciate it once you're older and oh, that is true guess, with this movie. <laughs> you were right, 2004. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> either way, it's still old. <laughs> no, it's still been a while. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. It's been a while. But, damn, uh, but like you said, um, it really still holds up as uh, one of the best movies by Disney and Pixar. And let's discuss why, because I think. Um, it it asks a lot of very deep questions for a kids movie, uh, as far as uh, as far as you and I have talked about it. Um, so let's get started. Let's talk about how, uh, let's talk about this whole thing because it, it sets uh, the it, it the way this movie starts. It sets a very good stage for how things were and what happened as well. So let's talk about all of that first. It's really interesting because the world of this movie, by the time we like start the movie, superheroes are an established thing. It's just yeah. something that people are used to. They don't really yeah, have any issues with. Law enforcement and knows about them and they work with them and all those things. Law, exactly. Law enforcement, like almost no way, kind of relies on them. Yeah. And uh, that was really interesting to see because I think, especially now that, you know, the like movie or 
cinematic universes like the marvel cinematic universe Mm -hmm. the dc universe things like that exist i think we've seen more cases of where law enforcement is like no just don't do anything just leave everything to us we don't care if you've got superpowers Mm -hmm. but in this movie for its time that was really interesting because law enforcement didn't really seem to care and they were like oh thank you you helped us and that was really interesting to see Mm -hmm. the way they were just kind of working with yeah. and um the public's uh kind of reaction to them as well like most people didn't really seem to care most people actually kind of it seemed like enjoyed or appreciated the supers and then kind of looked up to them the yeah. way I think now we kind of look at celebrities and, and <laughs> talk about celebrities and react to them and things like that you could so say that. that was really interesting to see mm-hmm. <laughs> but actually um, yeah mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think like all things, the movie kind of shows that um, it's like that saying, not all the glitter is school. <laughs> no, that's like, true, because I think the first really few cool reels life. that they show are, are very telling, because um, you have, you have Mr. Incredible, who's basically like, uh, enjoying his superhero life. He's like, yeah, everyone has an alter ego. Uh, uh, you can't, you can't exactly um I, I you can't exactly just go out to do your regular thing just uh, just the way i am i have to protect that part of myself and then there's frozone who's also like yeah uh, I, I mean i get it but you have to protect your identity and uh, super ladies they always get these uh get get the get this thing about uh you know being all badass in their uh, work which is cool he's, i think he's pretty cool with it and Frozone, I love that character, by the way. He's awesome. And then there's Elastigirl, who's not only... I mean, let's talk about her for a little bit because her mm, stance is a little more complex because she's in an she's in a very male-dominated field of work, right? And, and from what we see in this movie and also in the next, uh, in the sequel, she's very good at what she does. Like, she's really good at what she does. And the fact is that she's still, I mean, it's not that she's not great. She is, she's fantastic, but she is still in a male dominated field of work. And she makes it a point to say, to say that yeah leave the saying of the world to the men no i we got to do this too i mean you can't just sit back and relax just because they think you can't do it you have to do it and then there's mr incredible's line that makes uh, that that makes you feel for them a little bit that's like sometimes i uh, sometimes i just feel like uh, I, w- I just wish the world would stay safe i feel like the maid made i just ke- cleaned up this mess can we not get attacked for like five seconds come on stop you know that that whole thing i kind of love that as well gives you an insight into what they think uh, about i mean good yeah. yeah especially like just the, that kind of perspective that like they spent so much time cleaning up messes and then it's never like that it, it, or at least the way it comes across is there's never really any downtime for them no, because yeah. the minute they take care of one thing something, something else, else comes, comes up, up. Yes. so um yeah it's it's kind of interesting that like there's still that weird sort of I guess difference in perspectives where it's like 
kind of like what you were saying about how elastic girl because she's a woman and and mm-hmm. there seem to be less um female superheroes mm. and they're kind of in a more male dominated space yeah um, there's like that weird perception that's like oh leave the saving of the world to men but also like we want to break and like we don't want to yeah. clean up all the time so it's like yeah a that you could easily just like you know work with or ask for help and they'd be just as capable if not more so of like dealing with all these messes and things like that yeah um, but yeah I mean it's I guess it's it's part of the job that or like the field that they're in that unfortunately despite their best efforts nothing is ever clean or mm, like yeah for long and there's always like either one mess or, or another mm. to clean up at some point yeah so um I guess perks of being a super <laughs> I agree definitely but let's now let's now basically let's t- set the stage for the events of the movie here because I think we see this high speed car chase right off the bat. It's really cool. And Mr. Incredible is um, doing his thing. He's like, yeah, I've got time to do stuff like this. Let me go ahead and get take care of this kind of thing. And then uh, and all in pursuit of, uh, of a couple of criminals. That's one. And then that, let's talk about... Uh, of him meeting Elastigirl while he's taking care of one of these criminals because I think that sets the tone for their relationship quite a quite a bit right so let's talk about that too yeah that was really interesting because when you first see them together like as Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl it seems like they have some kind of history but you like the relationship yeah. that they have it's kind of like a little bit flirtatious a little yeah, bit but I remember watching it for the first time like when yeah. it first came out as a much younger person and mm. kind of being like oh so like they don't really know like they're flirting but they're not really in a relationship and then yeah, right? to yeah. the wedding and it's like oh oh okay like oh, oh so like, that's it okay <laughs> yeah. all right um but I just thought it was really interesting that like they mm-hmm. seem to keep their superhero identities and their civilian identities as separate as possible yeah and of course you know there's some like overlap or you know a little bit of little bit. one part kind of spills over into the other yeah. and that sort of thing but for the most part it seems like they were trying to keep their civilian identity and their mm-hmm. superhero identity as like two separate things mm-hmm. um but that the banter they have I think is really funny and and it the is. way like initially when they were on the rooftop apprehending this criminal last yeah. year it seems to be more flexible and then you know Bob is cutting it super super close to the wedding yeah. <laughs> and she's like berating him for it he's like oh you need to be more flexible I mean so, yeah no, she says you need to be more flexible. I mean, that's really pretty. That's I was like, you know, that's one of those things where you can't when you watch it as a kid, you're like, oh, okay, she's joking around with it. And then later, you're like, are you serious? All right, let me just let me just you know, put that away for a second, kind of thing. It's, exactly. it's something like that there's more that like you understand and like some yeah. of the jokes that probably would have gone over your head as a kid yeah. definitely yeah, for sure. like make more sense in this adult it's like oh that's what they were referring to <laughs> <laughs> true but that's not the main thing because before the whole wedding thing there's a whole slew of events that basically happens right because there's this kid that's following mr incredible around he calls himself Incrediboy and he's like, I know all your catchphrases and I really like, I, I'd like to help you out. And while that might be noble, it's just, let's talk about that because I feel like that's stalker-ish and very problematic. 
let's talk about it that is, yeah I mean there's a limit right like if you idolize somebody doing everything you can to be with them work with them whatever like mm-hmm. the idea of that is okay mm-hmm. but if you approach them and they've very clearly said no or like I'll do this but not x y and z you can't force them and I think that's where Buddy was running into an issue because he kept just badgering and pestering yeah because Bob mentions this I've I've been nice I've I've stood for photos I've sent every piece of uh, paper that you've Uh, you've sent me but this is not cool I can't have you come around with me this is dangerous stuff no and he still does it basically the bigger thing that like Bob's line of work is just incredibly dangerous yes the time just by nature of what he's doing Mm -hmm. and so for a kid without any training like proper training uh with no real superhero ability to come and like tag along with Mm -hmm. arguing one of like the biggest supers that's just an invitation for problems and a whole bunch of trouble yeah um I think Bob was also looking at it more pragmatically in that like this is a kid this kid yeah just tag along with him everywhere he goes because we would assume that he would have like other things to do like school and homework and like Mm -hmm. you know his own life and things like that but this Mm -hmm. kid is just so obsessed with like the superhero life and and Mm -hmm to the point where he's like I'm going to be your ward and it's like you can't choose that for him like you can't make up something and then like force anybody to accept it which is I think why there's this sort of like disconnect between Bob and Buddy because Bob is approaching it like this kid is saying if I say something this kid will understand but Buddy's just like no like you're my hero so you have to yeah. accept me like I have to tag along with you yeah exactly I'm be your ward exactly now again and this leads to a whole slew of events that is basically just out of control he he basically does leave uh, does leave buddy to go after something else and which turns out to be a bank robbery or a heist basically and this kid shows up again and 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 the and, and I think let's talk about the names here. Bomb Voyage, really like funny names. I I gotta give them that. But here's the thing: the this this kid comes in at the most inopportune time, and then Bob's like, "No, go. You this is not this is not right for you. Just go home." And it's like, and then he does. He's and then this kid buddy's like. Hey, let me let me prove this to you. I can go call the cops while you're handling this. But then the that that guy, Bomb Voyage, basically plants a bomb on this kid's cape and he has to it's like causes a slew of events that is crazy. The the bomb uh, he try uh, the bomb just uh, drops onto a su- on a uh, on a subway track that basically explodes causing the subway to basically go down and there's the whole there's the whole incident where after all of this, he's trying to prevent a suicide and now Bomb Voyage is gone with all the goods. All of this, because this is a very interesting setup to what happens after Bob and Helen's wedding. So let's talk about um, all of this because once again, Mr. Incredible did not ask for all this to happen. He saw this kid about to die and he's like, dude, no, just don't do this. 
and he saves this saves it and this isn't then the bomb going off on a subway track is an accident and now he has to save entire uh, an entire train from collapsing and then a person's trying to commit suicide trying to jump off a building and he saves them i like that line where he's like <clears throat> He's like, I think you, that, that guy who he saves is like, I think you broke something. And Bob's like, yeah, I think with counseling, you'll come to forgive me. So it's kind of like, I mean, I find it really interesting. And we'll talk about all of this when we get to what happens in the aftermath in just a second. But after all of this, he's really cutting it close. And he's like, you should... Uh, uh, He's, he's, they finally make it to the wedding and then Bob and Helen have a moment here. He's like, they, they're like, you, you're cutting it really close, right? She, she's literally like, you're cutting it close. We, you, I, you're almost late for our own wedding. And he's, and she's literally like, I love you, but if we are, but if we're going to make this work, we need to be more, you need to be more than Mr. Incredible. You And that's so true. And he understands that because he loves her. And obviously they love each other. They want to make this work. But then what happens after is just a gut punch because everything just goes up against Bob and Mr. Incredible. So let's talk about that because I find that really interesting. That's a discussion to be had. Let's talk about that. There's, There's so much. I mean, I'm just really like the thing that always kind of amazes me is like buddy just comes across as so entitled yeah during that whole scene like basically any part of the beginning where he's shown with Mr. Incredible because it's I feel like it's kind of I don't know if they did this intentionally or if this is just me extrapolating and making a a huge reach but to me like that whole like anytime he interacted with Mr. Incredible in the Mm. beginning it now kind of reminds me of like almost like the way like tabloids and paparazzi people yeah no for sure Mm -hmm. he would follow Bob everywhere and then like like you said earlier Bob has mentioned like hey I've signed a whole bunch of things for you I posed for a bunch of photos but Mm -hmm. like there's a limit and buddy despite having all that is still like no 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 like I'm going to be your ward and I'm going to come with you because I'm capable and I'm your biggest fan and it's like like, what (laughs) like the entitlement like if I were in his position or like I mean I don't know I feel like normal people to for them to meet their hero or like a celebrity once would be a huge thing and yeah. buddy's been able to meet Mr. Incredible so multiple times. times yeah exactly and he's still like like that's not enough for him it's like he needs every single thing on his wish list checked off and only then it counts it's like it's not enough that Bob took time out of his schedule to like pose for all these photos presumably um or like you know he he signed all the things that buddy wanted him to sign like that's i mean count yourself lucky kid <laughs> like that i know right I would think that that doesn't happen on like a daily basis or like there's not very many people and so like yeah every time get to meet that, their idols yeah exactly yeah but yeah it just always reminds me of like celebrity mm-hmm. culture now where it's like paparazzi just constantly following all these celebrities mm-hmm. and just like constantly snapping pictures yeah anything and it's like I get it they're famous but they're people too they deserve to have like their own lives like respect their privacy and all of that but um I I, again yeah I just don't know if like that's what it was intended to be like if it's really like some sort of um 
allegory or symbolism or whatever to like the way <laughs> celebrity culture is now well but maybe every time I see that that's what I see um the other thing that I always found really interesting uh because like you said like this movie does ask some really deep questions yeah and as a kid I think when you or at least I know when I watched it the very first time like around its release mm. a lot of stuff went over my head and True. The, the suicide thing was like a, a big thing that was just kind of like it went over my head I recognize of course that Bob saved somebody I was like that's great but mm-hmm. then there's this whole different aspect to it now when you're older than an adult and like you understand like I I guess like the legal side of it where it's like the person mm-hmm. doesn't want to be saved yeah and Bob saving this person caused him more pain um and, and you know it leads to like this whole lawsuit and like legal troubles exactly so it's really interesting but I'm just really curious that like I mean I, I don't know I guess because I kind of view it as like if that person had gone through with it and if he hadn't been saved that would have been a loss of life and so like, yeah unfortunately he's in pain now but he's alive and that's not you know one dead person and yeah like Bob said he might not feel appreciative now, but maybe with counseling, something might change or, you know, with like the right help or with the appropriate resources, yeah, um, he might feel differently. So I always thought that that was really interesting that the guy immediately went like, oh, I'm in pain, sue him. And exactly. Like, he made use of the, the judicial system and he was like, yeah, I'm going to sue this guy for doing something I didn't want him to do. And that led to a whole it snowballed into such a big thing that basically it caused the judicial system to basically make superheroes illegal literally because it it, it, because now not only did this guy sue him after after they saw this guy sue him Basically, everyone in the sub, everyone who got hurt in the whole subway incident sued him too. And then the losses cost the government too much for them to sustain this. And after they successfully sued Mr. Incredible, they sued other superheroes for their powers and probably using their powers illegally or whatever it was. Like, there's this movie makes a good point of, you know, showing flashcards of what happened that basically allowed us to understand, oh my God, this snowballed into something really crazy, right? Um, My question to these guys is, you were okay with getting their help and with one inconvenience, you literally wrecked their life for good. I'm I'm really curious to see, like obviously we know that there's a bunch of lawsuits, but I'm really curious to see if like within the context of like the movie or within that world, if they ever pulled data on like the, the I guess like the rescues or like the good mm. deeds yeah. versus, like, versus like all the you know mishaps or like mishaps yeah. or whatever that the supers did because mm-hmm. I would imagine that for the most part um any good that they did kind of outweighed any of the bad that they did and like yes, yeah you know you, it's not all um sunshine and daisies like there is unfortunately I guess a darker side to being a super and having certain abilities and I think we can kind of see that in in a scene like that like the subway scene or um to a certain extent Mr. Incredible saving the individual who jumped I forget his name yeah exactly Mm -hmm. um but yeah I, I feel like in a world where most of the people with those sort of abilities tend to default to like good and, and you know, right exactly um in a 
better way by helping people and not hurting them, I would imagine that like any sort of deeds they did would be considered mm-hmm. good. And like mm-hmm. that would kind of outweigh any of like these weird kind of mishaps that are like agreed. Um I don't know. I don't like I guess you would call them like I don't want to say anomalies, but like I would imagine that they don't happen very frequently. So yeah, like the watching the the way the judicial system was like at first okay or like it didn't really I guess it wasn't involved with anything with super state because they weren't like Mm. trying supers but then after this lawsuit it was like one after the other they were just handing out lawsuits from super yeah like like you said like you guys didn't really seem to care before and then now you know two like one or two incidents happen and all of a sudden people are like oh yeah like yeah I got hurt too I should sue and it's like exactly because you really really want to or do you just want to make a quick buck off of this whole thing like I'm sorry (laughs) yeah no because dude you were okay with these people cleaning up after your messes whenever it was convenient for you and now because it's inconvenient you you're basically like yeah don't do this anymore kind of thing right like and at least like with regard to the the whole train incident where you know bomb voyages bomb um it's a funny name you you gotta give them that you gotta give them that Um, but but like that I my question to the people who sued is like what would have been the alternative if he had let the train go then it would have been derailed and fallen off that set of tracks from whatever height it was yeah and you could have you would have died literally right yeah so it's like death or you know some some injury injury and like injuries is not you know ideal but you're alive and and I'm, i would assume that you can recover people, for the most part right. yeah like i don't i would assume that they're not life-threatening mm-hmm. but i just find it really interesting that like they kind of just default to lawsuit we don't like this <laughs> It's like again, what were your alternatives like, or what was Bob supposed to do, like just let that thing fall, or? It's just—it's really hard to say. Like, like I said, this movie asks really deep questions here, right? Because you can understand both sides of the argument one more than the other. You and I would say, but there are there's there's merit to be had on both sides of this argument, kind of like yeah yeah so i mean i think it's, it's difficult it's yeah. nuanced yes exactly yeah, i think because we see so much of it or not so much but mostly all of it is from mm-hmm. you know the perspective of supers because of yeah. what bob and helen are yeah um i think we kind of side with them where it's like mm-hmm. this seems like an injustice to supers yeah but i guess when you consider what like a government agency or what law enforcement might have to go through then it gets a little bit more complicated because yeah um yes law enforcement relied on them but also then like you would kind of ask were the supers hindering law enforcement from doing their job or was it becoming a case where like law enforcement was too reliant on supers and maybe to, exactly to function, you know were they own. like yeah i'm not gonna do my job some superhero is gonna come take care of it anyway kind of deal right it, i mean it's, it's very complicated. Very it nice. is a complicated argument. But now, basically, I like how they transition all of this to something that, to, to the scene that we see 15 years later, where Bob is just trying to work a corporate nine to five job. And Helen is basically just taking care of their kids. And 
Their kids are adorable. Let's not lie. They're adorable babies. We're going to talk about them as well. <laughs> but let's talk about Bob's job for a minute and how he absolutely hates it and how he still tries to help people in any way he can, even now, because that's still part of him wanting to help. It's really sweet. But let's talk about that because that is that scene is pretty iconic as well. This movie is filled with some of the best scenes ever. We'll get to that. But this one is good too. I'm sorry, babe. I know you're upset. Pretend to be upset. It's okay. Pretend to be upset. I'm going to tell you what you're going to do, but don't let people know that I told you. It, it was really sweet so let's talk about all of that yeah no it, that was really sweet but also like as an adult I think we can appreciate it more now yeah like, exactly we're in nine to fives yeah oh my god <laughs> dude you know the monotony of it I think that's kind of lost on a little kid and certainly like it was kind of I think lost on me when yeah, I watched it the first time because I was fairly young mm-hmm. um but yeah, I mean, at least at that time, I wasn't in a nine-to-five, no. so. Um, I was in school. I, didn't, I couldn't relate. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I couldn't relate to, like, that yeah. kind of monotony of, mm-hmm. you know, working a nine-to-five day in, yeah. day out for, like, sure. no reward, not really, you know, doing anything meaningful. Mm-hmm. Um, and so now as an adult, every time I watch that, you see Bob's kind of, like, dead expression. It's like, yeah, that's yeah, a whole Yeah, the monotony <laughs> so, and like, the whole boredom. Like, oh, my God. I get it, man. I get it. I know it's so relatable but like you said I think it's also really sweet to see that despite being stuck in this job that he hates Mm -hmm. he's still doing his best to help people and so despite working for a company that or working for somebody who prioritizes like the company's profits yeah anything else Bob is still that's something that we can relate to more after this pandemic you know like I swear to god like oh my god yeah yes I know no it's so relatable now and especially yeah like post-pandemic or Mm -hmm. I guess living through this weird kind of pandemic era yeah yeah it's so much more relatable and like Mm -hmm. I think you can appreciate it more that like yes people like Bob's boss exist but thank you people People like like Bob Bob also exist which I love he was so hard to find but he was so sweet (laughs) to that old lady he was like he literally gave her step-by-step information of what to do to get her problem rectified but and basically like look and and he said it in the most roundabout way i'm not going to tell you to do this and i would not advise you to do this but you should also not do this write that down write that down you gotta do this so funny i i mean one of those things exactly these are the things that went over my head as a kid but now when i watch it i cannot relate to this guy more I just could not I that was awesome I just I have to say it was great it's also I think um unfortunately something that I think it's still relevant today like yeah you know the boss being like a jerk for a company and company profits and like our stakeholders and our investors and it's like in this case I mean Bob he was working as a claims agent and like an insurance company and like he was dealing with people that went through a lot of very difficult things and I think yeah. like one of like the old lady who was helping I think he was saying like her house burned down or was flooded or, or something, something happened and like yeah and it's like these are he has a fixed income and he can't deal with this right. yeah and and the boss is like no 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 prioritize our profits forget the little guy yeah. who's looking out for our guys and it's like yeah. you don't need anybody looking out for them they're mm-hmm. making their money regardless exactly Make- help 
the people who actually need help yeah like, that's what the whole like that's what the system is supposed to do but mm-hmm. it seems like bob is the only one doing it mm. unfortunately yeah and we'll talk about that scene because that is a gem in and of itself too because again it tells you how corporate culture works and how capitalism has eaten us alive and we'll talk about that too but let's talk about how uh, about helen and the kids because the kids are adorable little devils is all i can say right yeah we have violet who's their oldest baby she can turn invisible we have dash the middle kid who can who has super speed and then we have little jack jack who's a little baby and doesn't have any powers yet so let's talk about that and that whole scene where you get to know them and their situation because you get to see Violet is kind of an introvert. She's shy. She doesn't openly talk to people. Uh, she shrinks into herself a little bit and hides herself every chance she gets because uh, I think she's still trying to figure out who she is. She's at that awkward uh, age where she's still trying to figure out who she is kind of thing. Dash is causing mayhem and we'll talk about again another epic scene because like let's talk about that because i think it 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 starts a good dialogue for helen and dash here right because the teacher suspects dash of doing something and you know he totally did it because he is a little shit he has done it but you cannot catch him at it so that's a different story so helen's like if they can catch him at it i ain't snitching on my my son so out we're getting out but then she does talk to him about it she's like dash you can't keep doing this like you i i get why you're dealing i get why you're letting this out but you can't keep doing this this is not healthy for you and then there's also that talk about how he can't go out for sports because he's too fast and his and she and he's really like let me go out for sports i want to and he and she and I, and he's literally like i'll promise i'll slow up i'll only be the best by a tiny bit and she nails him right on the head by saying you're competitive you will want to show off so no don't tell me that you'll slow down just just because you can no you won't do it you would want to win and i know that but right now you can't just do that and I love how Dash is like, you say, do your best, but you don't really mean it. This is the best I can do. Why can't I do it? And she has no answer for that, except for right now we have to fit in. But I know this is frustrating. It is, and it is. It's hard. Again, this movie has really cool questions. Like I, And I think yeah. it also opens up some really interesting dialogue because yeah. a lot of why they can't do what they do or what they want to do is because yeah of government interference yeah so the government after this whole like lawsuit for all this you know kind of um, yeah that whole debacle basically yeah Yeah. they they just relocate the supers and kind of reintegrate them into society and there's that kind of montage and you hear the voiceover of the guy going like oh well the supers could be among us and we would never know type thing yeah exactly and so they're not really meant to showcase their powers or abilities in any Mm -hmm, way mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, it's unfortunately I think it it kind of it it definitely affects like Bob and Helen's generation yeah but I I would imagine it probably affects Violet and Dash's generation Mm -hmm. just as much if not more so because they would have grown up with 
these skills or these abilities and have yeah. no real outlet for them yes and you know thankfully in their case they're not super destructive but mm. like could you imagine like a, a super kid who just need to like let out all this energy and like yeah had a more I, I think know, there have like... been tumblr posts on this because uh because jack jack doesn't have his powers yet and people are surprised that he doesn't have powers yet which means that violet and dash had their powers right from when they were very little and i think i've seen tumblr posts where like could you imagine where could you imagine having to take care of an invisible infant <laughs> like literally <laughs> it would have been tough I it would have been insane well, i think the only saving grace for that may have been it seems like the movie suggests that when violet turns invisible not all of her clothes turn invisible for them so, yeah exactly yeah. so maybe it was a little bit easier and that that's true be because her clothes, clothes didn't turn invisible with her it was just her yeah like you said absolutely so um but you know either way like i would imagine it would be very tough to deal with yeah super like super babies like mm-hmm. babies that are supers yeah um and, and and yeah, I, I don't envy Helen at all. But yeah, I mean, I think kind of like what you were saying, this just opened up a bigger dialogue about like, was the government right to do this? And yeah, then, exactly. Like, because it's not like the, the government getting involved is one thing, but it's there's kind of like a cascading effect where it's like it doesn't just affect the supers that they're relocating, it affects their families and like the kids and like, you know, the next generation of supers mm-hmm. because. Kind of like they have these says, powers and, and don't know what to do with them exactly right and like helen always says do your best but she can't really really enforce that because yeah doing like having the kids do their best involves having them use their powers which they're yeah explicitly forbidden from using yes and they're not supposed to really kind of give any indication mm. that they're a super or related to supers or have anything to do mm-hmm. with that world so yeah it's a very difficult position to put the parents in but then yes. also really tough on the kids because then it's like they have to suppress a part of themselves and that, that is so integral to them right it's like right. and it's like exactly. is that fair is it ethical like mm-hmm. i mean i don't know it, it just it, there's so many interesting questions and i think again like we've been saying as a kid um a lot of it may have gone over our heads the first time we saw this movie. yeah but you know re-watching it as an adult it's mm-hmm. um it, there's like just so so many more questions you ask and it's like wow this is really deep for true very true <laughs> it's very true and let's also talk about the dinner scene because that is such a family dynamic if I ever saw one especially with Dash and Violet oh my god siblings like idiotic siblings in the best way right teasing each other knowing how to push each other's buttons like literally she's like I'm not hungry for meatloaf. And and Dash is like, yeah, she'd eat it if we were having Tony loaf. I'm like, dude, no. And Violet was ready to throw hands. She was ready to throw hands. It's like, dude, shut up. Don't do this. And the way they fight, it's ridiculous. Well, yeah, I mean, because like that's the other thing too, right? Because like they have no real outlet for their yeah. abilities that like they just have to if they're going to release it it has to be done at home which is unfortunate because then you know it's on Helen to like break up any sort of um dispute they get into or any sort of fight whether it's Mm -hmm. physical verbal whatever and yeah she's also got like a little 
baby to worry about so that doesn't help but um this is such a minor thing but one thing that I just found so sweet was um because you were talking about Violet not wanting the meatloaf and then Helen just like lists a bunch of other alternatives and she's like we've got x y and z what do you want yeah yeah we've got we've got lots of leftovers come on yeah we can deal with this obviously don't have any superhero abilities but I remember being a kid it's like you ate what you got and like there's no option for like Ellen's awesome dude she's (laughs) so she's awesome she is she is but uh, I just thought that was so sweet that Helen wasn't like like despite kind of being in 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 that situation where like her husband was not paying attention Dash was you know avoiding telling him the truth and you know Violet was not really talking and all of that you know she's she's still chill about it she's like all right fine no me both we've got other things what do you want yeah (laughs) what do you want that's really nice Again, I mean, like I said, I personally couldn't relate to that because growing up, I was just like, you were, you ate what you were given. Yeah. But I just thought that it was so sweet that Helen was like, all right, we have other things. And it's like, if this is not what you want, you want, tell me, I can, uh, we can fix something up for you, which is fine. And it's not like that. And it's not like Bob isn't, it's not like he doesn't love his family. I feel like he's just frustrated. Yeah, I think that's the thing, too, because this whole, like, government interference thing again, where it's, like, you know, the supers were Mm -hmm. sued, and then they were basically, like, rehabilitated, kind of, like, they just assumed civilian identities, Mm -hmm. and they went back Mm -hmm. to society as ordinary civilians, but that's a really hard adjustment transition yeah exactly yeah because for so long like that's like that was their job like that was their life jobs outside of yeah superhero work it doesn't seem like it it seems like Mm -hmm. um they were just superheroing and yeah um all of that which also raises a really interesting question like if that was their only gig how did they make money but that's right um yeah that's just did they get government funding up until then and is that why the government was like we can't we have to stop funding you now we can't keep doing this kind of thing i don't know maybe i I don't know either but like either way it's an interesting point i agree yeah just something like food for thought (laughs) um but i mean yeah that that adjustment must have been really hard for all of them and i think yeah helen at least had I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say that she had something I think she adjusted better I feel like she well, took it better like, than Bob did she I feel like well because she had to kind of she had different you know things to focus on beyond just being a last girl because mm-hmm. after she had kids like her kids became her priority well and they're not just Bob. her kids they're Bob's kids too well, right, yeah but I mean I'm not trying I mean, to say that she didn't do anything but I think because she kind of became like that she took on this role of so sort of like the a caretaker stay at home mom yeah exactly I think caretaker is a better word um mm-hmm. but Bob kind of had to go out and be like the breadwinner because he couldn't yeah. be a super like that was forbidden and so he kind of had to default to filling these kind of stereotypical mm-hmm. roles where it's like the stay-at-home mom the breadwinner dad yeah um and I think what's really interesting about this movie is that like even though they both kind of are forced to take on these roles the story doesn't really punish them for it no no it um, doesn't yeah it's just kind of like yeah this is the thing that they're doing I think yeah this is what they're doing and this is what they're feeling because and you can really tell because Bob's really focused on a lot of uh, Bob's really not feeling it for his job and he loves his family he absolutely does love his kids and his wife and all that but 
it's just that I feel like he's he's taking this adjustment really hard and he takes every opportunity he can get to basically, you know, do something with his abilities, which is what he does when Lucius slash Frozo comes in to visit again. So let's talk about that because that actually starts the whole chain of events that just snowballs into the events of this movie. So let's talk about that. Yeah, it's really interesting because uh, Lucius or Frozen is like the only other known super that we see that's still consistently in contact with Bob because it seems like one of the clauses of like this weird legislation or whatever you want to call it that like rehabilitated supers is like they're not really supposed to interact with others, I guess. Um, Or maybe they just didn't want to. I don't know. But um, Lucius and Bob are still in contact and Bob has a cover story of they go bowling I guess weekly, and um, instead he and Lucy's listen to a police scanner to pick up crime <laughs> and and attempt to like stop it themselves, which is you know it's it's a noble thought, but also um, I just found it so interesting that Lucius is kind of almost like another version of Helen in that he was like I don't miss the old days. I like this is I mean it was great while it lasted, but this is kind so right of right now I have to adapt. And, yeah, yeah. Right. Agreed. And and it's better that we just kind of lay low, do what we're you Again, know, supposed to do. Props and, and to Samuel really... L. Jackson, man. This guy killed it as Frozen. <laughs> like his delivery. Like, oh you know goodness. what? I'd rather go bowling. Why don't we just? Why don't we just do what our wives think we're doing, just to shake things up? You know what? That would be an event, <laughs> wouldn't you think? Like, yeah, I, I kind of get it, yeah, man. I think, but um, I don't know. I just I found it so interesting that he was kind of like Helen in that. I think, well, Helen too, because um, like you mentioned earlier, she had that line at the beginning of the movie where she's like, if our relationship is going to work, you have to be more than Mr. Incredible. And it seemed like, you know, post this lawsuit, she kind of really took that to heart where it's like Elastigirl or being a super wasn't her whole identity, but Bob had kind of, like, that was what he loved. And I guess he he was so good at it that his whole identity was kind of wrapped up in Mr. Incredible. Mm. And to have this kind of legislation away basically forever yeah very definitively like no you cannot do this you're not allowed to do this it's really hard adjusting and it's really hard I would imagine to let go I think she like you said had something else to focus on and while Bob Bob had a hard has a hard time adjusting so they still do this police scanner work kind of thing and they end up trying to help a burning building, help the residents of a burning building, and unwittingly become suspects in a robbery that they did not commit, which is like, I mean, I love the banter between these two because they're idiotic best friends together. They're like, dude. I just like, love that they go into this with like ski masks. Or yeah, the, right? What is it called? Baklava or whatever it's called. Yeah. Where like, they literally look like robbers, but they're, we know as viewers, they're not robbers. They're yeah. there just to help. Yeah. And um, of course, the police come in just as they're busy arguing and they're caught. Yeah. And it looks like they're suspects and like they were the perpetrators. And it's like, yeah. oh God, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe, like, I get that you can't go out in your old uniforms, but like, literally any other color, like something flashier than like black or like, yeah. I, I don't know, something else. Probably. I like the turtlenecks and the ski mask. Like, really, bro? <laughs> really? I mean, 
that part was really funny they yeah it's like we get that you you have the right intentions but maybe don't go in dressed like bank robbers yeah because then you'll be treated like bank robbers exactly and the other thing is we notice that they be they're being followed by somebody we don't know who just yet they we know they're being followed we'll get to that in a second but now this what the scene that we see is next is like super cool because again you get the dynamic between Bob and Helen and how things are, how are, how it's so frustrating for Bob as well, uh, because she's waiting for him. And I love how she's like, uh, and she's like, yeah, if you'd be back at all, you'd be back later. Come on. What, what, what's going on? And she figures him out like this. She knows what she what he's been up to. And then the argument that they have is really interesting that uh, how she's uh, he's like, I performed a public service. You act like that's a bad thing. And she's like, yes, it is horrible because uprooting your family again, just so you could relive your glory days is definitely a bad thing. And you get their different views here. And he's like, you can't pretend that they never happened. And she literally is like, they happened. Yes, but this is what's happening now. We have a family now. We can't even, we have to focus on that, not this. I know that happened. I know that's frustrating, but you can't keep doing stuff like this. So let's talk about that. And also how they find out that their idiot kids have been eavesdropping because they're little shits. And how they talk to them about it. I call them idiot kids out of love. Okay, I love them. They're they're adorable idiots. That's what I will. That's all I can say at this point. So let's talk about it. Sorry. No, I mean I think again it just raises some really interesting questions because yeah, part of this, um, I guess government interference that mm-hmm. like they're forced to suppress part of themselves, and anytime yeah. they don't. And any part of it gets leaked out or, you know, there's an incident, Mm -hmm. it appears that they have to relocate. So we don't know how many times they've relocated. They've had to do Um, it, yeah. Right, but it's implied that they have relocated recently Mm -hmm. um, after that 15-year time skip. They have, yeah. I think you understand where both of them are coming from. Like, Bob, again, just I think he's just so wrapped up in his identity as Mr. Incredible Mm -hmm. that for him, it's really difficult for him to let it go. But Helen has like I think her priorities have kind of shifted now because she's got a, little a bit, family yeah. to worry about and yeah um you know her youngest is, is so young but like you know he like he's essentially like a baby he needs constant he is care a, and he's, a, and, he's an infant he's a little baby yeah. exactly so like her priorities have kind of shifted and I think she's more concerned about like the impact on their kids yeah. whereas not to say that Bob isn't like of course he loves his family and he wouldn't mm-hmm. want to put them in any danger or do anything to kind of jeopardize yeah. their safety but again just Mr. Incredible just meant like having that gig sort of I guess meant so much to him that yeah. it's really difficult to let go of it and really difficult to move on and so again I think as viewers it's easy to understand where both of them are coming yeah. from but it's I guess hard to figure out where that middle ground is for like both of them are satisfied and no there is unfortunately unfortunately you're right there is no middle ground here and I love how the I love how both make really good points she's like you're missing your kid's graduation and he's like it's not a graduation he's just moving from one grade to the other and like 
and, and basically and i love how she raises the point this is not about you this is about our son he's he's growing up you got to deal with that too and he's like you want to do something for him let him compete and then she's literally like you can't make me the enemy here you know why that can't happen and he knows it's again this movie raises really cool points and i absolutely love that because like again it's and also it's nice to see these it's not a I mean, married couples, they argue. They have to argue. They have to let it out at some point. It's bound to happen. And I feel like, I think someone put it really well that if you don't have a, if you don't fight or if you don't have a difference of opinion, that means one of you is actually not being honest with each other, which is like a really cool way of seeing it. These two are really being honest with each other about how they feel. They're letting it out. It's not, it's not that they don't love each other. It's not like they're shutting the door on each other right now. It's just that this is a really difficult thing that they're talking about. And they are. And I love how the I love how they figure out that their kids are right there watching. And they're like, you know what? Let's put a hold on it. They're listening. Let's talk to them about this as well. And I kind of love how they talk to them about it as well. It's okay. We're just having we're discussing this i it, there's not it, it's going to be fine kind of thing let's talk about that too yeah i think i i feel like that's kind of like a a stereotypical portrayal mm-hmm. of couples if, if that mm-hmm. makes any sense because i feel like i've seen that a lot in media where it's like you know a couple will argue and their kids will be kind of hiding and thinking like oh my god mom yeah. and dad are fighting are they gonna yeah. get a divorce and the parents are like no 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 we're having a discussion we're on the same yeah. page yeah but um I think especially in this case I think as kids or like at least I know as a kid viewing the movie for the first time I was kind of with Violet and Dash I was like are they really going to go this route where it's like they've been together all this time but now their marriage is kind of yeah say, like falling apart but you can you can see the cracks kind of thing you know right. like yeah yeah so um I just thought that that was really interesting that they were uh, one I mean that's not what happened they did not get yeah. divorced but when I was younger and watching the movie for the first time I thought that's where the movie was going and I was like oh mm. that's kind of interesting because I don't really think any movie had at least not a Disney slash Pixar movie mm. had focused on like a divorced couple hmm. um, that's interesting so that's I an interesting that, like, that thought interesting. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it didn't happen yeah but younger me that was the in, like impression I got because mm-hmm. um I yeah, think it's you know, an family, important every it, it was a big but... fight not gonna lie it was a big argument yeah was yeah but the thing that I always um kind of it makes me like chuckle now it's like having watched the movie as an adult multiple times and also you know because it's part of like mm-hmm. this Disney uh I guess like it's it's part of it, it's it's a Disney movie like it's mm. made by a Disney mm-hmm. um subsidiary whatever you want to call it mm. um it, it was just it, I just find it really funny that like it almost comes across as like Pixar's version of the Sokovia Accords <laughs> Well, uh, you know you're not wrong I just not I wrong. the government interference thing or like yeah. the way they were trying to like get involved and like regular yeah. superheroes like it really gives me you're not wrong Sokovia, of course. I, but like on a, on a I don't know how to how to like phrase this but like in a nicer way if that makes any sense a little bit. Myth, like the government agencies or like the you know 
people in charge were like we're gonna relocate you rehabilitate you we'll wipe some memories like it's okay like yeah we don't like doing it but we'll do it whereas mm-hmm. the Kobe Accords is like yeah join or like sign the accords or perish <laughs> and it was more like you're either with us or you're against us type thing whereas here it was like we'll work with you we'll figure things out and like yes it caused a huge headache but you know they were still like we'll figure things out <laughs> but um yeah just going back to your point about you know Helen and and the way she was like you can't make me the enemy yeah I mean I think Bob again he just it, it's it's a difficult adjustment yeah. for anybody, but I think Helen has the benefit of having to benefit in sense like she she's able to kind of redirect her attention to just focus on the kids and taking care of them and and you know doing these things. And so even though she's not able to be a last girl, she's still kind of you know she has other things she can focus on and 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 worry about. And so um, I guess mentally there's not much time for her to kind of reminisce on the old days and yeah. miss them and even if there is I think like you said she's like yes it happened nobody's denying that but like this is the present and like this is now and also you know especially with things like Dash's graduation they're both right I mean yes it it could just be fourth to fifth grade and yes it's like a minor thing in in the Mm -hmm. sense it's not like a big graduation it's like Dash is graduating elementary school or transitioning to middle school or just graduating from high school like that sort of thing but it's all these little milestones that if you miss when you look back on life it's like oh shoot yeah no exactly memories of like doing anything so it's like they're both right in their own way and they both have valid points but I think Helen is just worried that Bob is going to start kind of becoming an absentee father if he just continues down this path where it's like just I need to be Mr. Incredible like I need to do it and and he just pursues that at the expense of his family yeah no that's very true I definitely agree heavy scene there man I kind of but again this movie raises a lot of cool questions and I really love it I absolutely do and another now this now now here's another scene that I absolutely love from this movie unfortunately Bob's firing let's talk about that because it clearly shows what kind of a jerk his boss is and basically how Bob is like uh, have you gotten complaints he's like complaints I can handle but your guys but all of your clients are like experts they're penetrating the bureaucracy kind of thing and like and I love how Bob is like uh did I do something illegal uh or should I not help our customers and then this guy's like we're supposed to help our people what about our stakeholders and like you said dude they're doing fine they're they're making enough money as it is what do you even asking Bob to do like lie cheat like come on man it's really interesting because having been Mr. Incredible I think Bob would have seen a lot of people in really difficult positions yes that they can't get out of with the resources that they have at their disposal yeah and so whether you know that's something simple like saving somebody's cat from a tree or or something larger I think he's just used to helping people no matter what like for him there's no like it's not like a like a cost benefit transaction like if I do this what do I get in return whereas for his boss it's very much kind of a thing where it's like he's running this company or this department whatever and he's like 
you need to do something. I need to see profits. And only then will I be happy if, if I don't see the profits or like I'm not getting anything out of it. Or like if the company or the department or whatever is not getting anything out of it, then there's no point in like having exactly. this relationship or yeah. um, working with a customer or like whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. So I think that really irks Bob because he's not used to viewing the world like that or viewing. Yeah, no, um, definitely. I interactions agree. like that. And for him, it's like, yeah, if I can help, I'll help however I can because that's what he does like that's just the way he's always been whereas his boss is like profit profit and profit (laughs) and if none of those are met then it's like forget it and so um yeah I found it really interesting that he was like I don't I didn't get any complaints and and that's what tipped me off and I was like okay (laughs) but like I mean I, I don't know I just um I think like you said earlier it's unfortunate that society still kind of like there's still so many people like Bob's boss in society and you can oh, still yeah. kind of see that with the state of things now where it's mm-hmm. no, this is harder especially now after the pandemic especially for people when we see corporations hoarding on their profits and CEOs making all the money and then employees basically getting peanuts basically yeah, and like, suffering you know? because of it like yeah you know, they can't even take care of like basic needs exactly because they're not being paid adequately or whatever yeah. the case is but so um, it's harder like now after relevant. all of this <laughs> unfortunately yes so pretty much yeah because and then this whole thing is interspersed with um bob witnessing a mugging and he's so inclined to help and basically he's like you're you're get if you go out there to help that person you're literally getting fired that's what he says and then he's so mad that that person got away that he takes it out on his boss <laughs> and it doesn't go well <laughs> but so i mean yeah it's, i don't know it's such a like difficult thing to to like I don't know it's, it's just like should Bob have done that probably not no he should not have punched his boss but at the same time did the guy deserve it, it? yes but should Bob have yeah. done that uh, difficult to say like, condoning like we don't condone, condone violence yeah but like at the same time that guy like you said kind of had it coming and, <laughs> um I think there was just unfortunately in Bob's case so many things were like just building and building and then yeah like, you know everything it, just kind it of just boiled bubbled over to the surface point. and just like right yeah I kind of yeah. agree <laughs> Whew, oh, I'm sorry Bob I'm really sorry that this happened to you. You're a good man. You're a good man. You tried to do good and were punished for it, unfortunately. It's it's just sad. What I find interesting is that even after he felt like he was punished for it by, you know, like he was, he, you're not allowed to use your powers anymore. He still wants to do good. And I kind of love that. It's just, I mean, it's unfortunate. He's a good guy, so. he's like, like you said, he's a good guy. So yeah, that's pretty much it. So yeah, I mean, it's a sad turn of events that he gets fired and you even see uh, Dicker, the guy who is an advocate for uh, superheroes, the government agent who basically helps out with these kind of cleanup situations as such. He's angry with Bob and he literally spells it out for him and saying, every time you say someone's in trouble, it costs thousands of, payer, thousands of dollars of taxpayer money. 
I mean, we appreciate what you did in the old days, but you can't do this anymore. You're on your own. And he literally says, maybe I could relocate you one last time for old time's sake. But Bob is like, I'm sorry. They just got settled in. I can't do that to my family again. I'll make it work. So that's the situation he's in right now. And when he gets home, he finds a suspicious package. So let's talk about that right now. Um, I mean, like the, the appearance of the package is kind of odd. But then I think, you know, once you see yeah. Bob open it and examine its contents and you yeah. get like, this kind of cryptic message, mm-hmm. it makes sense because earlier in the film, we see Bob and Lucy being kind of stalked. It's not yeah, really stalked is actually kind of. accurate. Um, <laughs> it, it amounts to stalking kind mm-hmm. of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we know that they've been, they're, they're being watched and observed. And at first it looks like Lucius is the one that maybe this weird individual or whoever is interested in. And then as the film progresses, we realize, oh, it's actually Bob that they want. And so Bob receives his package. There's like a very high tech tablet enclosed and it's yeah, like mission him, details and all those things yeah exactly yeah, he gets like a covert mission and mm-hmm. he decides like because it's you know as mr incredible mm-hmm. so he decides he's going to go through with it unfortunately that also results in him lying to helen and saying yeah. he's going to a conference the Work company conference, yeah 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 the company's like you know sending him to and so it gets him out of the house it gives mm-hmm. him a cover story which for him is great but he does unfortunately lie to his wife <laughs> about yeah. his whereabouts and what he's doing yeah, and let's talk about this this mission because this lady who sent him the message, Mirage, is basically telling him about this um, thing that's basically destroying their facility, and he has to stop it. And the cool and the I mean, it's a cool fight sequence basically that you see uh, how this robot, this thing, learns. Um, Mr. Incredibles moves and assesses them and basically tackles them as they as he goes and then he's he's finally able to outsmart it after a little bit of a pickle I'd say basically yeah yeah and uh they they do talk about uh and uh, they he does talk to Mirage about wanting to know who he's working for and she talks about anonymity and all those things. But what I want to notice more about this is that how happy he is after he returns. Like he's more involved with his family. He's happier with Helen and all those things. So again, it it kind of reinforces that it's not his family that he's tired of. It's just that he's become very frustrated with what his life had become without his superhero thing. So it's uh it's it goes it's it's, so it's complicated yeah yeah it's just it's really tough like a like a tough position to be in because again i think bob his um he's really excelled at being mr incredible and, yeah you know he did it for so long like that was yeah. his thing like he was yeah. mr incredible that was his whole life and then to have that all kind of forcibly taken away and then yeah kind of forcefully assimilated into civilian society um it's it's tough and I think like we talked about earlier it's a 
tough adjustment to make when you're so used to one way of life and like that's so ingrained in you or like that's what you're really good at and what you're really comfortable with yeah to then kind of assume this other identity and I wonder if you often felt like an imposter it's you know Mm. claims agent or whatever but Mm -hmm. you know being out on this island doing superhero things like he's in his element so yeah yeah he's so much um I think more at ease yeah in that sort of environment because he's just allowed to be and like nobody's gonna say anything because yeah who's like Mirage says I think she says as much that like she doesn't exist according to the government yeah according to the government yeah Yeah, exactly right so yeah I think he's like he's he's almost able to breathe a sigh of relief and just like Mm -hmm. do what he wants to do and still keep it you know like uh on the down low or something like that but now let's talk because let's talk about the most amazing character in this movie because we're getting to her because in this altercation with this machine or whatever his suit gets ripped and he needs to fix it he needs someone to fix it enter Edna Mode because iconic character iconic so let's talk about her oh my god I know that she's really kind of I mean well not uh, only comedy but her big like role is it's really kind of for comedy but um she makes some really good points because the first time Bob goes up to her like after you know this retirement and he's like hey can you just patch up my suit and he's trying not to tell her you know the full story he's like oh I just want it for sentimental reasons and like she sees right through him she's like no no no, I know why you need it but um it's outdated and I love that she's just like like this is a hobo suit I will not let you see she's like she she understands like fashion evolves and even though she designed it I think Bob says as much like but you designed it it. I never like I look I never look back darling it stucks from the now stop it I can't but you know what stop I, I don't look back on this but he's so he, really he's interesting yeah I mean I just I don't know if they did that intentionally but the way she says that about how she never looks back on the past because it distracts mm. from the now yeah. that's like the opposite of what Bob is doing where he's just no, like, I agree yeah not really focusing on the now or trying not to because the now is like you know he can't be Mr. Incredible he can't do what he loves doing whereas in the past he could have done it anytime he wanted and like he was mm-hmm. allowed to just freely go out and be a super and, and yeah do also let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about how she knew all of these superheroes secret identity and kept it that way like every single yeah. one right dude that is insane and also the no-caps scene no-caps <laughs> because oh my god I love that because even though I think Edna's kind of played for comedy it's supposed to be for comedy but exactly like you see how practical she is yeah like that's it's so true like of course no caves because that makes like complete sense like anybody with a cave is just kind of opening the door for like an accident yeah oh my god yes and well seriously that woman is amazing like oh my god like the extent of her craziness i mean again this is something that i that went over my head the first time i watched it as a kid but later when i watched it again recently i was like holy shit this woman is insanely good at what she does like you know like yeah and for her to have all that security it makes sense because she's protecting people's identity and and if someone knew that 
they needed this kind of suit and who needed it they that's good that's it game over like you know like yeah I mean, that's how crazy it is like just protecting their identity is one thing but then yeah, yeah she's also like i guess protecting what they can do because she knows because yeah. she designs suits that way yeah so it's kind of like the way they know their we- guess- they know their weaknesses and everything like honestly right. yeah oh my god so yeah that, that's a huge thing but I always wonder because like they talk about in the movie about like the government like mind wiping people so that yeah. like, the supers are forgotten mm-hmm. but it's like what if somebody did that to Edna I don't think Dude. the government knows she exists but like I don't think they know she exists important. because if they did they would definitely want that I think because I think that when she when she, she has that thing with Bob where she talks about it and like um the way she talks it seems to imply that like she went from designing superhero suits into like the fashion industry, fashion industry yeah and like she wasn't a huge fan of that like I mean obviously she was so good at what she did but like designing superhero suits was like mm-hmm. her gig it was her calling kind of thing yeah. yeah and like you know post this like weird lawsuit and like mm-hmm. retirement of supers she had yeah. to adjust all that creativity yeah elsewhere Mm -hmm. so but that was the impression I got that like she like it seemed like she was forced to because either the supers are tired or maybe the government did know I don't know it's not really specified but either way she like goes into the fashion industry which is still kind of her wheelhouse but it's just a different area I guess um but yeah, no, Edna's great. I love her. And um, yeah. I think, wasn't she voiced by Brad Bird, the director? She was! She was! That was so insane! I love that. I love that. It was awesome. She's got like a very, like, I, I don't know, just like the way she is as a character. She's like very, very short and tiny. She's tiny, but, like, but she's such a powerhouse, right? I know. Like, I know. She's a tiny powerhouse. Like, it's like looks like she look, you know the you know the saying looks like a cinnamon roll but could kill you that's her yes. that is her yeah no she's she's amazing i love her oh my god i love she's her so much but i love her <laughs> i love that like this is, this is a jumping ahead a little bit but i love that like she doesn't do anything in halves and like when yeah. she designs something she goes all out all out kind of, like, oh my god just for like bob and helen but like she does like all the kids suits too, yes and we'll Jester. talk about that <laughs> we will like, talk about oh that. my god <laughs> but oh my god yes oh yes 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 because again bob is of course again he loves his family he's trying to get back in shape and all those things which is all great but then he's just but then helen kind of intercepts a phone call which is kind of dubious at best and she thinks that he's doing something else altogether but he's not but then he's actually lying to her for completely different reasons that's a whole other thing and he goes on this other mission, which goes horribly wrong. And we'll talk about that, too. Because all these things are happening in tandem, basically. So let's talk about what's happening with Bob first. Because, like, he goes to this new... He goes for this new gig. And he finds that the robot has been rebuilt specifically to terminate him. And the person who employed him earlier is actually a guy called Syndrome who's actually buddy so let's talk about that because that was a that was a crazy reveal i loved how they did that and it was great but let's talk about it 
Yeah, it's very clever because I think when you first see the opening sequence, Buddy's like a pest, but yeah. you don't think anything is going to like really happen. Yeah. Um, other than like, you know, Buddy kind of becoming disillusioned with a superhero, yeah. or, like his idol. But yeah, the way Buddy is like introduced as this new kind of villain who's like rebuilt mm-hmm. his, himself, his syndrome was really interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I just find like that's like the, the, the sad part of that scene, I think, is that Bob is so enthusiastic, like you said, about being mm-hmm. back in his role as Mr. Incredible yeah. and being out in, like, the field, so to speak, and yeah. having a chance to do these things. Yeah. And then this is what happens. So, like, he's out there, and he's, like, gearing up to go, but he doesn't know what he's, like, gearing up to face. Mm. And it's, like, I mean, we, as viewers, we've seen the film, you know that ultimately he ends up fighting this robot that, like you said, is yeah. intended to kill him. Yeah. But he's, like, he's just happy to be out in the field again <laughs> and i think yep. he's, he's kind of savoring his um newfound freedom in, in being able to be mr incredible again and all of exactly. that and so um it's kind of like it's a little sad to watch once you've seen the film and you know that he's like just again just he's, he's just pumping himself up and getting mm-hmm. excited and it's like no don't get excited for that because like yeah it's like leading like an animal to slaughter kind of right like it's, I know it's like they're not dude. telling him and and he's like yeah I'm good to go and we're gonna fight this thing and it's like no that thing is built to kill you mm-hmm. or it's gonna try its hardest um yep so like in in that respect it was a little bit sad to watch but um I think that the really cool thing though is even though Bob does face like this new and improved robot type thing it, he still kind of shows how resilient he is. Oh yeah, for been, sure. Like, tired for so long because he doesn't like obviously from the first mission to the second mission on this island, um, Bob's undergone somewhat of a transformation. He's kind of yeah. lost some weight. He's worked out. He's, some he's more been training. All those things. Right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So um, by the time he goes on the second mission to fight the robot a second time, he's much um, he's much more fit. Mm. Which you know, to be honest, even the first time he fought the robot, he he may have been like attacked out of shape but it wasn't like you know he couldn't fight at all he was still very skilled and all of that so yeah. um he, he's just in, in, a, in a better shape the second mm-hmm. time around mm-hmm. um and uh yeah I just, I just thought it was like really interesting that like you know because he's more fit and in and he's been working out and stuff yeah. um you kind of get to see him have a slightly more even playing field I guess in the first time around. slightly a little the first bit time around yeah too, yeah I think the robots were simpler so um that, that that probably helped <laughs> but yeah I mean but yeah like, yeah be because a lot this, more challenging. yeah oh my god yes I definitely agree and then let's talk about how he has to uh, how he has to dive in and basically syndrome tries to kill him with a bomb and he thankfully it doesn't harm uh Bob and he finds gazer beam and not <laughs> gazer beam but his skeleton laying there creepiest thing ever i will talk about all of that yeah yeah because like the way like the the movie doesn't really give too much of a time frame for it but you see like at one point bob reading about gazer beam missing in the paper yeah and then later you see a skeleton and how many months have gone by or stuff like that exactly i mean I, i also don't even know is it months or years i feel like it would have to be a much longer time for it to decompose i don't know i could be wrong i, I don't know either loud, but in tandem right. let's look at what's been happening with <laughs> helen because this is happening all together right and i love yes. how they juxtapose this it's really cool um 
because hell because Helen's cleaning up and she goes into Bob's room and she finds out Bob's suit has been patched up a little. And she knows the only person that Bob would trust to do it would be Edna. So she goes to Edna, which is where this thing comes in, where she shows her not, she, where she tells her that I didn't just do Bob's suit, I did yours and the kids too, which is like super cool to see what she's done because like, oh my God, this woman is crazily talented. Now, in the meantime, basically, because all this is happening in tandem, guys, so we're going to be flip-flopping between Bob and Helen here a little bit, right? So on the island, Bob has basically been searching basically found something that gazer beam was trying to tell them chronos it's something so he finds a way into the control room uh of this whole facility and he starts looking for information and i love how the it shows him it shows him the trajectory of what this robot has had to face to get to this point right Sometimes the robot was terminated, then and an upgrade happened, and the superhero was terminated. So one by one, all the superheroes that this guy knew have been terminated by the by one version of this robot or the other. But what I do love is that his first instinct after finding out about this is to search for whether or not this idiot knows about his wife's whereabouts. I love that. It was like just it was I mean, sweet I it was he typed in a bunch of superheroes but yeah it's like of course he's sad about the other superheroes but his first instinct was that does he know where my wife is i don't want to i don't want her to be in danger the, he looks for her name first and i and i love that also, and then frozen can, <laughs> can we just talk about really quickly the symbolism of the password being chronos yeah because in Greek Time. mythology chronos is obviously yeah all that too but chronos like the myths was overthrown by his children yeah and i think syndrome is thinking of himself as like the children collectively yeah and the other supers are like as a unit they represent chronos yeah. he's like gonna overthrow mm. them and no um, i agree he's still tamer mm-hmm. than the myth <laughs> interesting eating any of them but yeah well, I mean, that, yeah that the, the thing that i'm very curious about is like so he targeted these people but like did they all face the robot because it looks like they did like i think what happened was he had different levels like every time the robot was defeated he made upgrades and got the same uh, superhero to fight it again so so that it was leveling up so to speak yeah, but i feel like because mirage at one point says that the robots learn and i feel yeah. like if they're resistant to all these different attacks from all these different supers yeah. i feel like that in itself would make it very difficult for yeah. the next super to defeat and especially yeah. because mr incredible was so late down the line i feel yeah. like by the time syndrome unleashed this thing on bob it would have been virtually indestructible anyway and i feel like it probably was because i think syndrome oh. mentioned as much i had to get it to quite a few upgrades to defeat you but it still wasn't enough that's what he said yeah so but even then i'm like how did the other supers like because i would imagine like it seems like there's been a lot and mm. it, you know the robots gone through multiple upgrades and stuff, so he would have had yeah. to start this project very early yeah so how did he like reach out to those other supers and how did they you know decide to come to the island because by the time bob got i think the message, they lured them so i later. think he lured them in just the way he lured bob in i feel like 
know maybe but my thing maybe because I'm thinking about it in different from a different perspective Mm. I feel like if like the initial few supers I feel like would have been very reluctant if he assuming that he started the project very early because Mm. it would have been so close to like when you know the government was like shutting down super yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. cracking down on them so to it. speak mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. yeah so I feel like the first couple of you know people who received the invitation I would imagine they would be apprehensive and be like well this sounds cool but like I don't know about it and also it seems like I mean we know that obviously Bob doesn't have contact with a lot of superheroes because a lot of yeah. them have unfortunately fallen victim to syndrome yeah. schemes but yeah um you know otherwise I find it so weird that like nobody was like yeah I'm you know I'm going for like like you know like the information wasn't passed through like the superhero grapevine and mm-hmm. nobody was like yeah I'm going to this island on this mission don't tell but mm-hmm. if it all works out maybe you know we can because like I'm imagining that there were team-ups beyond Mr. Incredible and Elastic it's possible and we never know yeah um, we don't yeah, know I just about find that. It really interesting that like no that's an interesting <laughs> question yeah I'd like to know about that too actually yeah the logistics of it because like how many mm. like he just targeted like the really big ones but like there's other super or was he specifically and, like, looking that... for yeah exactly what was the criteria was he looking for something specific because he because you can see an entire list like there were so many uh that he targeted and then I that scene it just gives you chills really because you know like every single time when you see the superhero term and the and the and the and the, and the whole thing that says terminated that's like oh my god like you know how crazy that is for you these were people that you worked with and teamed up with all those years ago and suddenly these guys are gone that might now. Be the criteria though i think yeah. that might be the criteria because right before Mr. Incredible is like terminated. Yeah. Syndrome has like this monologuing moment where he's yeah. like, You rejected me. And then I realized yeah. that, like, it wasn't worth looking up to you. And if I was yeah. going to rely on anybody, it had to be myself and all yeah. that sort of things. And then he's like, I'm going to, he basically just said he was going to kill Bob. And then he tries yeah. to, and we know Bob escapes. But I wonder yeah. now if going like in hindsight, if he went back and he only killed the supers that were directly connected to Mr. Incredible or like it's people possible. he was friends with. That's a very just to interesting theory. That's an interesting theory. theory. I feel like that, that's just so um again, like the sense of entitlement, like okay, this guy I know you like For that, sure. I understand feeling bitter about it, but like yeah. to go to these extremes to kill multiple people yeah. just to get back at one individual, like you need uh, that- Help yeah he does he needs he needs therapy uh like oh. honestly and then at the same time helen's like going through this she finds out that bob's literally been fired from his company and that he's not on this company conference or whatever and edna's like do you know where he is really do you really know where he is and she gives and she tells her that there's a homing device that could tell you exactly where he is. And you can tell that Helen doesn't want to do it, but she also needs to know where he is because he's been lying to her. And it causes a chain reaction because that sets off an alarm where Bob is and it gets him caught. It's <laughs> And then this starts a chain thing where she knows where Bob is, that she has to go do something about it and it's again starts a whole chain of events here so let's talk about that because that scene is kind of interesting where I love how versatile 
Elastigirl is, or, or Helen, not Elastigirl, Helen. She says, this woman has a fucking pilot's license, y'all. Like, can you, can you believe that? That's insane. That's pretty cool. In in their line of work, I feel like, I mean, it is really cool. Don't get me wrong. But I feel like it's also not that surprising because yeah. they're probably used to it. And even if she doesn't have, like, a pilot's license, I feel like just by nature of being a super, she probably would have found herself in, like, crazy situations anyway. Mm. And so um, I think that versatility kind of comes with the trade I would assume that they're just but, able to adapt yeah. to different scenarios oh my but God, yes. no like you said it doesn't take away from like the coolness of it but mm-hmm. yeah it's it's um I love that like once she finds out like she's still angry but she doesn't like let herself stay angry she's like all yeah. right time all to right. get going and we have to get we have um, to do something about this kind of thing yeah yeah so I love that she's just like immediately like in planning mode and she yeah. like makes this plan to go find Bob and get him yeah. back and then yeah um I think that the funniest part though is that despite I think how well she knows her kids she <laughs> didn't see them I mean literally and, and you know figuratively she didn't see yeah. them on mm-hmm. you know sneaking on the plane with her yeah uh as she travels to this remote island but oh, i love dude. that scene when she finds out and she's like trying to figure out she's like wait wait you left jack jack on his own and violet's like no of course not we got Come a on, mom we got a babysitter and then it's kari um, oh my god i love her she's she's Kari's- she's the train wreck but <laughs> i love kari I don't know because like I, um, I don't know if I've she's never... a train wreck or she has a lot going on. I don't know, but I think, that, I don't know. I think in this one instance, because we don't have any other information to go by, I feel like her babysitting was a little bit of a train wreck, but it's not entirely her fault. Yeah. Um, but I just find it so funny because I, I think, um, everybody I think has different experiences, and mm. I remember having a babysitter, but it was a very different experience from, uh, what Jack Jack had. But I just found it so funny because I think you in media a lot of times you see that kind of like young teenager trying to babysit you yeah. know an infant or whatever sort of thing mm-hmm. you see it in like different shows and mm-hmm. movies and, and things like mm-hmm. that but I don't know there's just something about the way Kari was talking to Helen and she's like explaining she's like oh don't worry I got this whole thing under control it's like she has nothing under control no <laughs> but no I think she would have a Jack Jack was a normal baby I think she <laughs> yeah, no, she was she was normal yeah yeah that's you... what I'm saying like it's it's not really her fault that yeah it's not her fault but she, she thinks she's super prepared right. and she's good at it too like She's been handling it well. Jack Jack's fine, eating, (laughs) happy, all those things, all the things that you want your kid to be at that point, you know, but it's like, but, but she doesn't have time to worry about this now because unfortunately syndrome has found out that, and uh, that Bob apparently called for help because, and I think there's a lot of Tumblr posts that make this make a good uh, inference to this moment because he's like he's geeking out he's like oh my god you you made me think that you were dead I'm geeking out about that but damn it why why did you have to be so lame to call for help like why is that lame like explain to me why that's lame first of all second he didn't call for help and you're being cruel enough to send missiles after a normal plane just for asking for permission to land like calm down bro like a little bit that's the thing though like at this point I feel like syndrome is too far, far gone. gone I feel like mm-hmm. it, it happened the moment he he killed his first super because yeah. at this point he's already murdered so many supers um yeah, I don't it, think for he him, feels it's just anything like, at this point yeah or if yeah. he does I'll just you know 
to to reach some some goal that he thinks he probably justifies it it. yeah 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 but i mean honestly like killing supers and then building these you know robots that are causing so much destruction to Mm. um i mean they they end up causing so much destruction to like people Mm -hmm. and and, you know property and all of that Mm -hmm. that, like that's a huge no-no as well and then just the way that he's so ready to like go to any extreme yeah to get what he wants it's like you crossed the line dude a long time ago and unfortunately i don't really know if there's any coming back like how do you come back from that yeah and dude and i just i i love this scene for a lot of reasons and because there's a chain of events happening here too because these missiles are after the plane and and helen's in survival mode right now she's like why put a field around this plane now you know how to create force fields do it and this kid is like i've never done something that big before you can't i can't and the poor child just can't and she just make and helen has to make a split second decision to just get them out of there and i love how she just you know like I love how, again, how versatile she is at this point, you know, because she's like, she grabs the kids, makes herself a parachute because she can, and then they land safely in water. That's like, and, and again, the kids are panicking, but she's like, you are not gonna die. Shut up. Calm down, or I'm going to fucking ground you for a month. You just calm down for a little bit. Because she's panicking herself. She's probably panicking herself, but she's been in situations like this where her life has been in danger. These kids have not. And it's like yeah, I think that's it's the first time, probably yeah. like yeah. as the family that they bought. Well, minus Bob, but mm-hmm. um I think definitely for Helen, it's probably the first time that she and the yeah. kids have been involved in any sort of yeah. incident. But yeah, I mean, just going back to syndrome being a piece of shit. Oh yeah, uh, Helen sure. at multiple points. At, well, at least at one point, I think when she's radioing for like yeah. clearance to land, she says there are children aboard. She does. And, she makes and, that and very nothing. clear. Yeah. yeah, she did like that. Despite her saying that, despite I think like the desperation that you hear in her voice, and even so for Bob, like, he's like, "Come, I'll do anything. Just, just let this go." And he's like, "No, yeah. fifteen. You're too late. Fifteen years too late. Bye." Like, that's all he says. Yeah, I mean, that's such a jerk move. I mean, again, yeah. it's, there, there's more, there's stronger words for that. But, oh God. like, Dude, like yes. I, said, I feel like after murdering the first super, I feel like mm-hmm. that's the point of no return for, for syndrome because, oh, yeah, I agree. You can't, like, there's no way you can justify it. Mm. And again, this is, again, this scene is heartbreaking for Bob because it's like he thinks he's lost his entire family. The people he loves the most he thinks he's lost them because basically Mirage is like, she's pretty shaken by this too. She's like, I I don't know what I'm doing with this, but, uh, but it's like, we have a confirmed hit. That's all she says. And then Bob is so angry in that instant. He literally threatens to kill. uh, He he wants to get syndrome, but Mirage just pushes him out of the way and and he gets her. And then he's like, it'll be easy for me to crush this woman like a toothpick let me go right now you've taken everything from me let me go right now and syndrome being a being the piece of shit he is he calls out bob's love because regardless of how desperate bob is he's not that person and i hate that syndrome knows that about bob i just i hate it right but also i think that's what's really like 
in a way kind of funny or ironic yeah. about it that he's like you know he's he's monologuing about how he's going to be a yeah. better person yeah. and he's going to be so much cooler mm-hmm. and all that and it's like the minute you killed somebody you like you, there was no that's concept. it like that's it, it was always gonna like there was a yeah. clear winner and it was always gonna be bob and like like you said yeah, yeah. that's it yeah but, um the way he's like yeah just monologuing he's like oh yeah go ahead try it and like mm-hmm. calling his bluff like he thinks he's somehow still gonna come on top as if there's any sort of like contest mm. um it's i don't know it, i just find it kind of funny that syndrome mm. thinks that if it came down to like the world choosing between bob and him mm-hmm. he really thinks people are gonna pick him and it's like no like you can call yourself a hero you can give yourself fancy like technology to help you fly and whatnot but until you start using your skills for good and make some like actual good exactly it like it all counts for like nothing (laughs) that was another line we heard in another game but sure i get what you're saying (laughs) no but i know what you mean for sure i know what you mean but then again i keep going back to how cool helen is right because she tracks the missile she's like you know what yeah we gotta go there to find out what's going on and we'll figure this out and how again she's very versatile when it comes to her powers and when it comes to knowing what to do and coming up with cool plans so she gets her gets herself and the kids ashore and then i love this conversation that they have in this scene because it's so important right because it's like it's a difficult decision she's like i think your dad's in trouble and i have to go help him you you guys have to protect each other and you have to stay safe and i love how when violet was like you said you said we weren't supposed to use our powers and i i love how she loses her cool for just one second and then she regains it. she's like i know what i said but i just look these guys are going to try and kill you. They will not exercise restraint just because you're kids. You do. You cannot give them the chance to get to you, right? I love that scene because it, you can understand how difficult it is for her to tell her kids to just put themselves on the line like this and leave them on their own like this, right? Which he has to. Scary thing too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just think it could be like a potentially like nerve wracking Mm. thing for her because for their entire lives they've suppressed their skills or their abilities or they've been told to. Mm. So it's like, how did they develop them? Like, obviously, I mean, at home, but it's not like they could go to like toe to toe with these people. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that too. But like, I was thinking more just from like a honing their skills perspective. Like, Mm. where did they practice? Where did they get like good at what they? Doing and there's another to, scene coming up that people. that violet it, i again because violet comes up to her and tells her i'm sorry i couldn't do it when you asked me to and i love how helen's like i'm sorry i asked that of you so suddenly i shouldn't have but at this point things are different you can't doubt yourself now just don't think about it it will come to you you have it in you just don't think too much about it it's just again it it breaks her heart to see because i know it's hard for her to put her kid on the line like this and she doesn't want to but the situation is dire right now it's just she can't she can't there's no choice at this point unfortunately it's it's a messy situation but i think the the nice thing is that 
I think Helen trusts her kids enough yeah. or she's confident enough that that they can make do with you know what they have like the mm-hmm. skills they have the I guess level to which they've honed them yeah. and all of that but mm-hmm. yeah it's a really weird situation because yeah from her, their whole lives essentially she's been telling them don't do this thing and yeah. now all of a sudden they're in like this really crazy um, environment <laughs> right and like they're in a kind of dangerous situation she's yeah. like that thing I told you not to do is do it now taught, do it yeah like yeah do it and like that's the thing that's gonna save you so yeah um I, I also just wonder like from like the kids perspective like Violet I feel like it's old enough to kind of understand mm. uh not that Dash is super young but I feel like because he's younger I wonder for him if like it's kind of sending mixed messages maybe he's told at one point like yeah and then mm-hmm. now it's like do it but um I, I feel like he's also probably old enough to understand yeah but um I love it I think like kind of like what you were saying how mm-hmm. Helen's very versatile she also like adapts very quickly so like yes. before she was like don't do anything that's gonna reveal her identity mm-hmm. and now she's like we're in a sticky situation do you have to do what you have to do yeah do what you gotta do yeah identity yeah <laughs> it'll be it. like we'll just deal with it when we get to that mm-hmm. point but um but like yeah, I mean, again, oh I my just, god it's i don't know it's this movie is amazing man like upon <laughs> rewatch you you think about all the cool things that this movie gives you like holy crap like crazy stuff oh my god and then again let's talk about her detective skills right how sneaky she can be and how she can find how she finds where bob is and everything oh my god she can she, again she's super cool man i can't get that out of my head she's amazing and she is. I think there's that really funny scene where she's while she's like on her way to find Bob yeah. um, she gets caught between yeah. like a number of uh, like automatic automated doors, doors. yes holy crap <laughs> it's really funny and there's also one where I think she she's spying on or like she breaks into yeah. um, like a guard post or something and there's a yep. couple of guards who are like watching something yeah. and she's hanging upside down because yes, you know, that's her thing and yeah. she figures out where Bob is and she goes oh my god bob and they're like what she's gone i love it and i love how mirage is now suddenly turned against syndrome in a weird way like she sees this weird way yeah yeah i and... think it's i'm curious and this is kind of mm-hmm. i guess irrelevant at least as far as like the main characters go but mm-hmm. my question is like I get that like he gambled with your life and yeah that's a huge deal but like you didn't think to turn before he murdered all those people yeah like, you know, he, like, like when he like, gambled with all those people's lives before this guy like what are you talking about and before or, you like, was she not aware of that or like was she brought in later so she didn't know about that maybe or, like, yeah that's how a, that's an interesting question dude. relationship with syndrome start yeah I don't know right Uh, I'm just very curious because it's like that's (laughs) it's again like syndrome gambling with her life is a valid Mm. reason for her to Mm. to turn against him but my question is if you knew that did those other people not matter or like that's what makes you turn and not these other people exactly being slaughtered or, or syndrome having this super stupid quest to like get vengeance on one person and then in the process just murdering a bunch of other people <laughs> well yeah very and curious to, to figure it out is how interesting. that whole thing happened 
But yeah, I'd like yeah. to get to know about that too, to be honest. But hey, Helen does find Bob. She and she does find him with Mirage. <laughs> it's kind of That's a funny scene. Really funny. It's like you get, I feel like you get secondhand embarrassment from that scene. Yeah, because Bob isn't, think, he isn't even thinking <laughs> about betraying his wife. He can't. He just he won't. But then it's like it's also really sweet because I think like that's the point where like Mirage goes behind Syndrome's back and yeah. sees Bob. Yeah. Bob thinks she's coming to gloat, so he's like, yeah. "I'm just gonna kill you right now. What's stopping yeah. me?" And she's like, "No, no, no. Your family's safe." And, and he's, he's just he's so like, relieved that he's like, he just hugs her, and that's when Helen's that. coming and, in yeah, and like, and, and she's like, "I love that that Mirage is like, oh, you must be Mrs. Incredible." And Helen <laughs> punches her. <laughs> She was trying to help me escape. No, that was my job. Like, what are you talking about, man? Because it's so sweet. Like, even though it, it, that seems kind of funny, it's really sweet because I think Helen is, you know, she, she's understandably very upset and she's yeah. like kind of um, sort of yelling at Bob. And, and, and I think that the way she's talking, she's kind of making it seem like Bob has um, put their marriage in jeopardy or whatever yeah. and then the way bob just like hugs her he's like how can i betray the most the per- perfect thing oh you're referring to me now really okay <laughs> <laughs> i mean it's so it's like, funny so really, like, and then they find out that their kids have triggered the alarm and intruder alerted shit oh my god again cool cool fight sequences all the way around here because like great visuals yeah, I love, I love there's a bit where it where, because like Dash is, you know, his thing is super speed. So yeah. um, I just love him discovering that he can run, run on water. water. That is so cool, <laughs> right? There's yeah. that little bit where he's like in an underwater cave yeah. and there's like two goons on like a yep. flying saucer type contraption following yep. him. Yep. And when he's in that cave, they, they both kind of corner him. But because he's on water, he just stops running and he sings. And they just like hit each other. They're just, just like I don't know, just reminding me of like a Looney Tunes cartoon or something. But yeah, right, I, I got kick out of that. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It was pretty cool, and I love how they and uh, and I love how Wise finally coming into her power, and they finally fi- all these four these four people find each other, and they're like fighting together, kind of thing. It's a it's a really cool scene, and I love how I love how Bob and Helen are like. <sighs> I love you. It's just the perfect thing. I just love it. And I'm like, you guys are idiots. You, your lives no, are in danger. Time, but, <laughs> yeah, but I love like when they all get together, like when they all meet up again, yeah. like reunite on the island and they're all yeah. fighting together. There's like a really brief moment of them all tackling Syndrome's yeah. goons together. Yeah. And then Syndrome comes to spoil the party because <sighs> that's what he does best. Yeah. Jerk. And then he explains his whole plan, basically. It's such a a stupid plan. Let's talk about that. Yeah, I want to talk about that stupid plan. Please. I I, I can't even, like, there's not enough words to describe the stupidity. He's going to send the robot into the city, and then he's going to save the city from the robot, so then people will appreciate him and look up to him as a super. Exactly. And he's going to be the best super ever. And then when he's too old to keep up the job or whatever, he's going to sell his technology to, like, others, and then everybody's going to become a super, so nobody will. That's like the dumbest thing, right? I mean, dude, calm. You are 
and I and I'm gonna talk and we're, we're gonna talk about how how much of a failure this plan is because here's the thing. He's only confident because he has the remote to control this robot thing. The minute he loses that, he's scared as little bit. Okay. I'm yeah. gonna start calling his names, but you know what I'm gonna say. What you were gonna say, yeah. Right? I think it's an accurate description, but yeah, maybe for the sake of yeah. <laughs> keeping it PG-13, y'all. I think we yeah. crossed that point. Yeah, we crossed that point. We've called them so many expletives at this point. We can't say this is PG-13. Yeah. But, you know what? Um, but whatever. But, but no, like, that's the stupid part. Like, him attempting to sell the technology, like, maybe that wouldn't work. Because I could, I can, and... I feel like in any world, people would be greedy enough to want that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. So he could have made a profit there. But this whole plan hinges on him deploying this robot that he built to be virtually indestructible. Yeah. And it's killed all these supers, learned from them. Yeah. And like, that's the stupid part. Like the robot learns. So it's yeah, it learns evolving. even your moves. It's continuously exactly, evolving. Exactly. Yeah. He mm-hmm. doesn't he doesn't like stop the learning process for it or like he doesn't make a robot that only learns from certain things but then like when it sees him just doesn't do anything or I don't know exactly I'm like if you can make a robot that's smart enough to learn you should be able to make a robot that can learn but then you can turn off this you know like pull a switch and then it just stops learning well sounds like some other billionaire idiot who didn't want to admit he was wrong but sure but yeah i mean his whole plan resting on this you know robot Mm -hmm. that he's going to stop but the robot learns so it can learn his moves it's like did you not like clearly you didn't think this through yeah he did not sound really stupid but maybe he should have joined like some sort of super villain trio or something or like group just like bounce ideas off people not that we need a competent villain but like you know it's just like the stupidity of it like if you're going to build something that's always learning mm-hmm. why would you assume it's not going to learn from you and i know Mr. i don't think he took that into account at all like you said mm-hmm. i don't think he thought so this what, what are you going to do if the guy with superpowers can't defeat this thing and then you don't have access to your fancy tech what are you going to do that's the thing that's what ends up happening but let's talk about how these idiots escape right because like it's the most crazy family dynamic ever right they 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 find a weird rocket to get back to the city on and i love how i love how the kids are like are we there yet and bob's like we get there where we get there (laughs) but they're so chill about it yeah Helen, like, they steal an RV, and Helen is, like, she's stretched, I'm assuming, to her max to, to hold the RV up. To her limit, like, which is, like, yeah. yeah, which is why when Bob's, like, how you doing, honey, do I have to answer? Do I have to tell you? Like, still, I mean, like, Violet and Dash are so chill. They're, like, yeah, yeah. it's normal. Like, we're just in an RV that our mom is holding up and, like, we're using a rocket to get yeah. back to the city. Um, but I love, too, that once they do get to the city, um, as Syndrome miserable lot or wreaking havoc yeah uh bob and helen are doing like the ultimate married couple thing of just like debating over directions <laughs> and helen is saying one thing and bob's like no, no no that's not gonna get me where i need to go that's gonna take me downtown <laughs> and helen's like you asked me how to get there i told you how to get there <laughs> um i feel like everybody can relate to that like total married couple like i swear to god your parents have done it somebody you know has done it yeah no that's true it's true it's true but again this movie is full of amazing scenes which is 
now this is the scene where you're basically like i love how bob's like just staying there i'm going in and helen's like why why are you why do you get to go and i i love this conversation that they have finally he's like letting it out is he and Bob is like finally breaking down and saying, I can't lose you again. I thought I lost you then. I can't do that to myself again. That can't happen. And I love how she's like, if we work together, you won't have to be. It's okay. We'll we'll deal with this. And it's just, it's a very sweet thing. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like they're, despite I think how much Bob wants to be a solo or individual actor. I mean, like mm-hmm. that's been his thing. Like he's told mm-hmm. Buddy multiple points, you know, in the mm-hmm. past, he yeah. works alone. Mm-hmm. And I think even being married and having a family, he's still kind of operating under that mentality that it's easier for him to be Risking kind of like his solo own act right, yeah. than like putting his wife and now his kids in jeopardy. Mm-hmm. But I love the way, like you said, Helen is like, you say you're not strong enough if you lose us but if we're all working together you won't have to be because yeah you know they're they're a team and mm-hmm. that they're not good they're going to make sure that none of them yeah you know, get hurt and, and all of that but yeah it was a really sweet scene it is a sweet a whole scene <laughs> yes a missed a bunch of chaos but let's look at some levity <laughs> in this chaos right because frozen has to come in from somewhere but i gotta say the most iconic scene in this movie i swear to god like one of the most iconic scenes in animated history oh my god yes yes where's my super suit i uh put it away where why do you need to know? I need it. No, no. I just love it. I love how she's like, you tell me where that soda is. Woman. We are talking about the greater good. Greater good? I'm your wife. I'm the greatest good you're ever going to get. Oh, my God. <laughs> Iconic. Iconic. Like. We just butchered it. But, um. <laughs> Yeah, nobody can recreate so Samuel funny. L. Jackson's like delivery on that. And oh then, my god! I forget, yes. who plays, I forget who does the voice of Honey, but like that scene—the delivery, I mean, the delivery—like I was in splits. <laughs> it left me in splits. I swear to God, like oh my god. No, because I mean that's um I I don't know I feel like you don't get to see Honey a lot, but I feel like I would love to see like the like the fr- the plot of the first movie, but like yeah. them yeah oh my god yeah <laughs> I feel like that'd be really funny. <laughs> I feel like she'd be a lot less un- well not I don't want to say understanding, but I feel like things that Helen let slide, Honey would be like no, absolutely no. not. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> You ain't doing that. Oh no, about bowling. I feel like she's like bowling. You're going bowling. <laughs> Take me to the bowling alley. Let's see how you bowl. <laughs> no, that scene is just—it's—it's it's gold. I love it. Oh my god, best thing ever. Oh my god, I love how this movie has little bits of levity in all this chaos. But generally like a pretty funny movie but it's like I think when you're younger like we were saying a lot of this stuff just kind of goes over your head Mm -hmm. so it comes across as like a very funny movie which you know upon rewatch it still is but like you said earlier there's so many deep questions that this movie asks and it's like very heavy and like sometimes dark and it's like Mm -hmm. oh done, Pixar (laughs) we get it well done like (laughs) well done Pixar like seriously 
they did such an amazing job yeah but yeah I mean it's I think but there's a lot of movies and I think like that's one of the nice things about some of these movies that mm. like even though they're animated and you know they have sometimes like bright colors and, like they're geared yeah. towards the younger audience they're still not afraid of like posing some really tough questions yeah it's yeah this movie like older, we said like, an older audience can appreciate yeah because this movie like we said has poses a lot of cool interesting questions that you really have to think about and you know understand or give thought to about the situation and what you would have done in that situation and all those things it's crazy well the cool thing is they do as a team end up defeating the robot which is great which is really cool but syndrome being the jerk that he is poses as a replacement for Kari and tries to kidnap jack jack let's talk about that scene because that's insane yeah, no, that's stupid. And again, I mean, I think we talked about this earlier. You can call yourself anything you want, yeah. but you're not going to be that thing unless, he, well, in this case, Syndrome calling himself a hero. He's not going to be a hero unless he mm. puts all his effort into doing something good. And clearly he did not. Um, and so, yeah, like there's a scene where after his robot has been defeated, all the people are cheering and he's like ready to accept all their praise. But of course, they're not cheering for him because the mm-hmm. minute he lost his fancy contraption to control. That's the robot, it. He, he was basically. done. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And so he decides like, all right, screw this. New plan. Kidnap the baby. And uh, one, I think it's kind of creepy how quickly he knew that there was a, a third child when I don't think anybody mentioned that. Mm-hmm. And like, so he must have had like some sort of database or some intel. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That's kind of creepy. But um, also, yeah, he kidnaps Jack Jack because he's like, oh, I'm going to be a better mentor to him than you are. Yeah. Or you are to me. And it's yeah. like, dude, that doesn't make you better. You've now resorted to kidnapping and kidnapping a baby of all things. And you somehow think you're going to be the better person in this. I know, right? I don't understand. Like, he seems to think of it. It's like a contest between him and Bob and who's going to be the better person. And he's mm-hmm. murdered. He's Dude, coming. you've lost already. The coming. minute you tried to kill uh, your first super, you've lost already. Stop. Like, you're done. Yeah. So, but I just, again, like, the entitlement and, like, the way he's just, like, mm. oh, I'm going to become a better mentor to him. Mm. What are you going to mentor him in? Failure? <laughs> like, what did you do? I mean, <laughs> literally, it's it's really stupid that he thinks that he can deal with this. But cool thing is they do manage to, I, I like this scene because it, it's a lot of chaos, sure. But we end up finding out that Jack-Jack actually has powers. So let's talk about that. Because that kid, crazy. In the best way. A menace in the best way. But let's talk about it. Was there ever like a label to his powers? Because he just like, he can change. Into anything. Like he has a ton of powers. He He can turn into some pyro. He can turn into flames. Yeah. yeah, he could set himself on fire. There's one where like he turned into like a solid metal thing. Metal. Yeah, to like and then a monster, a weird yeah. thing. I don't know like, what the official term for his powers is, but I think that's so funny and also that he's so because he's so young. Like I'm yeah. assuming that when he changes, he'll just go through different things. 
and yeah. it could just like be anything because I'm assuming he doesn't have too much mastery of his powers yet. But oh, he's still a was also baby, really funny. And, little baby. Um, yeah, I love how Edna's advice comes into play again. Yeah. She was very insistent on like no capes whatsoever. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Because he did not consult Edna. He was not a real hero. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't. And, we get to see and he why gets Edna uh, was so insistent. Yeah, about that. he get he gets sucked into his plane's turbine because of the cape. So bye. <laughs> but the cool thing is, Jack Jack is safe. It's sweet. They're 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 doing okay for now, and things are finally settling down. We don't know if supers are legal yet. Things are settling down for them. Dash is finally participating in an actual track meet. Violet is actually being more herself. It's really sweet. She actually snags a date with the guy she likes, which is also interesting. Yeah, yeah. Nice. good for her. Like that confidence. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's something I feel like I'm still working on, and I'm like so much older than her. I know, right? But um, then I love the scene with Mustache yeah. racing because yeah. I love the way Bob and Helen are cheering him on, and Bob especially at one point he's like, "Go faster, go faster!" Like, no, 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 slower, but slow. Come in second place. <laughs> it's like, don't give up. Make it close. <laughs> Make it close. You're fine. And like the guy next to him just had like the most confused expression. Yeah, you're like, like, what, what are you, you doing? What are you even doing, man? <laughs> it's really sweet. But then we have the underminer coming in, and that's I. I think it's a perfect ending to this movie because mm-hmm. again, I love this movie because, like you said, it's colorful. It's bright. It's got a lot of humor in it but it's all but it also asks some really cool interesting questions that adults can really identify with especially the whole corporate culture thing the whole uh, illegality of uh, the whole legality of superhero uh status and all those things those those are really hard questions to answer and i think this movie tackled it with a nuance that was actually i'd say unique to pixar movies i'd say because i don't think they'd ever gotten into um the superhero genre um mm-hmm. at, uh, until then and i kind of love that they did and i kind of love that they announced a sequel which we might be getting into next week <laughs> i'm hoping so we'll look into that right but they if you've stuck with us guys still listening to us we really appreciate you and we thank you for your uh continued um continued support i'd say so thank you again we really yes always 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 thank you really appreciate you Uh, and we will get back to you next week with incredibles 2 Again, stay tuned because that's another movie uh, that we really loved and that's a podcast we hope you won't miss. Thanks, guys. Thank you. always our lovely theme song is water lily by the 126ers 
the nerdy podcasts podcast is available on anchor spotify and google podcasts and you can follow us online at nerdy-podcasts.tumblr.com or at nerdypodcasts.wordpress.com.